Hello, Saved by the City listeners. It's Roxy. Caitlin's still on a break writing her book. So we continue to do something a little different for all of you who've been missing your Saved by the City fix. I've been going around the world to learn about the spiritual vibes in other great cities. New York's not the only cool town out there, you know. We will be returning with our regular show in a few weeks, and we're going to kick season two off with a dream guest. All I'll say is, she's going to put your heart in motion. But for now, put on your fancy pants and meet me down at the Grand Ole Opry. We're headed south to Nashville. From Religion News Service, it's Saved by the City, a podcast exploring the spiritual side of cities, from food to fashion to just finding your place in the wide, wide world. At Saved by the City, we are all about chasing our dreams without losing our devotion. For this week's summer series, we are headed to country music mecca and Christian hipster capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host today is a recent transplant to Nashville and the author of the new book, Abuelita Faith. Please welcome Kat Armas. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you. And uh, especially because you are very pregnant right now. So pregnant (laughs) that you could possibly give birth as we speak. (laughs) That would be great, actually. (laughs) I would not be mad about that. (laughs) Well, we've, we've never delivered a baby on this podcast, so that would be something new. <laughs> so you have recently moved to Nashville while pregnant. So give me your gut reaction so far. Yeah. I mean, I will say it did feel, it has felt like a culture shock um, leaving LA. And I was really nervous to come to the South again. Um, and by again, I mean, I, just, I lived in New Orleans before living in LA. And so kind of coming back to this side of the country was a little Mm -hmm. nerve-wracking for me. But um, I do have this one story that I feel like kind of encapsulates my time here. We had been here only about, my spouse and I had been here only about two weeks. And all of a sudden, our kitty just gets unexpectedly sick and she like dies within days. It was horrific. Yeah, it was so horrible. And we were so close to our cats. Yeah. We're like major cat people, you know? (laughs) Like they were like leash trained and potty trained, like in the toilet. Like, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Like really bougie kitties. Um, And yes, I'm pregnant. And so I am very emotional and very Mm -hmm. hormonal as Mm -hmm. as that comes. And, you know, being in a new place when, where you don't know anyone. And, you know, we were kind of just grieving alone, like in our living room with boxes on the floor, you know, and our little yeah. kid just unexpectedly is gone. And we had all these plans to do like this yard for her and like whatever. Oh. And so my spouse and I, in a moment of weakness, we went to the <laughs> shelter and we adopted a puppy. Okay. okay. I've never <laughs> owned a puppy before. <laughs> oh, puppies are a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was a very fun discovery to learn that puppies are only cute in theory. They are not (laughs) cute in actuality. So to make a long story short, um, we adopted this puppy. It's just this, you know, adorable hellish dog. And we're just like trying to survive, you know, with this dog and keeps jumping on my belly. It was just a hot mess. (laughs) So one of the nights, you know, we're like, we're like, we need to get out, you know, get out of the house and. I'll take this dog on a walk because it has so much energy. And so we open our back gate and something I've learned about Nashville, there's a lot of alleyways like behind mm-hmm. homes. 
So we open, you know, we, we live like where there's an alleyway behind us. And as soon as we open the gate, we meet this like older couple and they have one dog that they're walking and then another dog that they're carrying. And they just kind of, I mean, you know, they're like a silly, goofy, adorable older couple and hi, oh, you know, a puppy. And so we, we kind of just like start talking about the puppy and they, and they you know, they, they look at my belly. Oh, and you're pregnant. Yeah, you know, and so it was like a really cute moment. And then all of a sudden they put their dog down and the one that they were carrying and the dog mm-hmm. was like on its literally like deathbed. Like the oh. dog was blind mm-hmm. and the dog just starts bumping into everything. It was just like this really oh. weird, hilarious like moment. And then so we we go around on our walk and when we come back, literally they had like wrangled all our neighbors together and our back neighbor, our side neighbor, our other neighbor. And there was like this block party happening. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean, not a literal one, but yeah, it was just like, you know, they had just, they were so friendly and sweet and adorable. And, you know, so we come back and they're like, have you met your neighbors? And we're like, no, actually we haven't. We just moved in and we've been like, you know, my face was still red from crying and um, they're like, no. And so they just introduce us to all our neighbors and then they say, all right, well, it was so wonderful meeting you guys. And they just like sort of disappear. And my spouse and I have this joke, like, were they angels? Like, we've never seen them again. Oh, wait, they- what? They weren't, like, <laughs> also neighbors? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, we've never wow. seen them again. We have no idea where they live. They, like, we just, they just, like, appeared and then disappeared. And it was honestly, like, we ended up staying out for, like, two hours with our neighbors and, oh, wow. you know, chatting with them. And they all also have puppies. And so now our puppy has, you know, our hellish dog has playdates and... You know, we walk inside, you know, after that moment and I was like, I think that was like one of those like really spiritual divine moments of like, I really needed that, you know, coming from LA, I I lived in intentional communities my whole time there. And so I was so used to knowing my neighbors Mm -hmm. and I was so sad that we were so lonely and I didn't know any of them. And you know, here my hellish little dog ended up introducing me, you know, through this like couple um, to my neighbors. And I feel like that's been such a, um, a beautiful little like story that has encompassed like my time here so far. Um, you know, and I'll mention this a lot coming from LA because, you know, that's the main thing that I have to compare it to, but, you know, coming from a big city like that, Mm -hmm. where everyone's sort of like on the grind, everyone has their ear pods Mm -hmm. in just doing their thing, trying Mm -hmm. to make it, you know, (laughs) trying to survive. It really is like that sort of that Southern hospitality, that slow pace. So that's a um, real thing. (laughs) Yeah, it actually is. It is. It's so weird. (laughs) That's so crazy. I've had some similar experiences with Nashville. I really love Nashville. It was actually a city that I considered moving to um, when I was kind of in between New York living. Like I lived here for three years and then I left. And then when I was kind of trying to decide where to go next, I was like, maybe Nashville. Um, I have a lot of friends there. It is really, it is really a fun town. And I think the, like the main reason I would move there is for that kind of community and those friendships and that just like, you know, hanging out in backyards and chatting and that sort of thing. Yeah. That slow pace, just Mm -hmm. very neighborly feel. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're, I mean, you're not just moving cities. Like you're in the middle of a like life transition too, which I think would really change the sort of dynamic of moving into a new place and meeting new people when you're also about to start a whole new phase of life. Yeah. I think that that's also been, I think that was one of the reasons to why, you know, kind of 
those first few weeks were so jarring for me because, and why that encounter maybe was so special for me was because I so desperately and so quickly wanted to find community because, you know, I'm bringing in like a new person into my family and I don't want to, you know, be isolated from other people. Um, And so I, as soon as I got here, was just like, how can I meet people? You know, how can I plug in? I joined like a mom dating app and like, you know, all the, what is <laughs> yeah. a mom dating app? It's like literally an app that you just like meet pregnant women and you what? swipe left and you swipe right. <laughs> what kind so, of things do you put on your profile to let people know whether to swipe left or right? Um, let's see, pictures of my pregnant belly. <laughs> no, but um, just, you know, interests that I have and, you know, things like that. Um And yeah, I mean, the first few weeks, or I would say probably the first month or two, I would like, you know, come downstairs. I'm like, okay, so I have a date this weekend. Like, tell my (laughs) spouse. like, And so like, I would get ready for my date. And he would like, all right, good luck. You know, I'd come home. How was it? Um... You know, it wasn't great. You know, the conversation didn't flow so well. You know, this sounds um, familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe the second date will be better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> have you been um, ghosted? Uh, I think I have. I'm not too sure. I haven't tried too hard in this yeah. one. Um, but it was funny because it was like my favorite date. You know, oh. <laughs> you know oh. how that happens. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the best one, and I was oh. like. I came home and I'm like, yes, like we had the best conversation. It was awesome. And then like I texted her a couple days later with like we had been talking about a book and like I sent her the book or something, whatever. And then we just like never spoke again. Oh, I didn't man. try again. And yeah. I probably should. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is so interesting though. I mean, what a cool way to actually get to meet people that are also kind of going through the same thing that you're going through or. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think it's really, uh, yeah, I think, you know, when you're going through different phases of life and whatever that phase is, you know, it could be so many different things. It's nice to just have someone that you mm-hmm. just meet kind of understand that, you know, you have like a something to talk about, you know, right, something right. in common. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you kind of like me, you've lived in a number of places. Um, you know, I, I, Grew up in Colorado and then moved to Chicago and then Orlando and then New York and then San Diego and then Cleveland and now back to New York. And you've done... Well, what's been your favorite? Just oh. out of curiosity. <laughs> um, I mean, they are all very different places, which I actually appreciate a lot. I feel like every one of them has given me something different. Right. I mean, New York is my favorite for the city and the place. And it's also been the most difficult, um, for finding friends, for finding my place, for figuring out how to get groceries, like all of the things, right. Um, logistically. (laughs) Yeah. And Orlando was a blast in a very unexpected way. I kind of like you, it was, it was my first time moving to the South. I'd never lived anywhere South of the Mason Dixon line. (laughs) Um, so and Orlando's, you know, not really the truth south, right. but it's definitely, you know, has some southern That's elements. Funny. I would so. never consider Orlando the south. Yeah, I'm from Miami, it, so exactly. I'm like, yeah. But I get what you mean. Yeah, I mean, Orlando is more south, I think, than Miami because it's like, yeah, right in the middle. And it, when you're in yeah. Orlando, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. But as soon as you get outside of like right. the downtown, you're like, oh, okay, I'm in the south. Yeah, um, that makes sense. 
but yeah, I, but then when I lived there, I ended up like, it was that, it was a time in life when like a bunch of us worked at the same place where we, and we all became friends and we all lived within like five minutes of each other. And everybody was like in their earlier mid twenties, a few people were married. Most people were single. Nobody had kids yet. So it's just a very, like, we just, hung out together all the time. It was yeah. like college 2.0, which is what made it so fun along with, um, a pass to Disney world. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was really fun, but it was different. And then the other city that surprised me the most is Cleveland. Like oh. I only lived there for yeah. a year, but I just had a great, a great year there. It's like, you know, a rust belt town, but it's got, it's, right. it's having like so many of those mid-sized cities, a nice rebirth and great bars and coffee shops and restaurants and all That's that stuff. That's awesome. But I still haven't been there. I got to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you grew up in Miami, you lived in New Orleans, you've lived in LA, now you're in Nashville and your family's from Cuba. Have you been to Cuba? No, I okay. haven't actually. Okay. Um, so. There's, you know, since my family left, um, there's obviously just been, I mean, not since my, even from before the, the political unrest in Cuba is just really, I mean, if you've, you know, most people yeah. have heard even recently, there's been so much, um, you know, the people kind of rising up and like demanding liberation, which I think is, you know, a huge thing the first time and, you know, since the nineties, but mm-hmm. yeah, so I've never lived there. Um, but something that I always, you know, and I, I talk about this in my book a lot um, is this idea that like Cuba lives within me, you know, yeah. um, because like it's so, it's such a huge part of my culture. I don't know, maybe living in Orlando, you've been to Miami, but uh, Miami is very Cuban, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Miami yeah. is just um, and where my where I was raised was right outside of Little Havana. So mm-hmm. it was like literally like, mm-hmm. you know. Havana 2.0. And when a lot of people left um, from Cuba to head to Miami, I mean, they sort of recreated their, Mm -hmm. their old lives, you know, their past lives, um, because of the, you know, the trauma of exile and displacement. And so I think it's just a a fascinating place, you know, Mm -hmm. really, it really is. Um, And, you know, of course, there is so much political, even now within Miami, um, of, I don't know, tension, I guess yeah. is the, the best word I could use. Um, but yeah, I, I've never lived in Cuba, but living in Miami, it feels like I have, you know, yeah. in many ways. Yeah. And it's such a huge part of my culture and my upbringing um, that, you know, I have a line in my book that I say, like, I can feel the conga and my heart, like, sort mm. of beating as one, you know, like, it's just something that um, is in my is in my DNA and my bones, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think about... Um, you know, moving as much, this much, um, it can be hard in a lot of ways to feel like, like, where is home? And I think for you, even that feeling of like, even having a home that you've never even been to, but that's within you and within your family. And, um, just that, that, that feeling of like, okay, how do I make home if I, you know, if I'm always moving or in this new place or without parents or without all of these support systems, um, it's such a, it's such a tension that lives within me too of like, is this home? Is this home? Is this home? Am I ever going to be really home if I'm not back in the place where I grew up? Like, 
Right. I think about that so much. And I there's there's two things that I think about. One that reminds me of my grandmother because she says um, she's always talking about Cuba and she and I find it so interesting, you know, right now she's in her late 90s and she has dementia mm. and, you know, she's going to pass soon. Um, and with her dementia, it's so interesting, like, what her brain sort of, like, hangs on to or holds mm-hmm. on to. Um, and one of those things is Cuba. I mean, she's literally obsessed with her island and she always mm. has been. But right now it's, like, very acute. And um, she she's she tells me all the time, you know, like, I've been living in this country for 50 years, but my bones will be buried in a place that isn't my own. And that's so interesting because I'm like, it's been like 50 years and she's been living in the same community. She hasn't moved out of like the 10 mile radius of like where she, you know, originally came to, you know. Um, And so that that has made me think so much about what you just, you know, what you mentioned about Mm -hmm. this idea of like, what what is home? You know, what is, you know, what... What does it mean to be home? Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this podcast and it's, it was on like ancestral wisdom or like indigenous wisdom. And they talk about how our ancestors, like they were never used to moving all, you know, everywhere. They didn't have planes and transportation. Right. You know, you couldn't just like buy, you know, pick up and move to a new city. Um, So there was something sacred about knowing the land that you're on, like Mm -hmm. literally understanding like what's native to the the soil and Mm -hmm. knowing like what bugs are there Mm -hmm. or what, you know, like what food is available. Mm -hmm. And that's part of like who you are as a person, right? Like you, you know, and and what animals are part of your family, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, and, And I think about that so much because yeah, like moving and and every time I go somewhere else, I have to relearn, Mm -hmm. you know, the environment and the place and the, you know, the people. And and you don't realize every time you pick up and go, like what that's doing to your soul. And not that we shouldn't be moving, but I just think about maybe if we were more intentional, like when we did or, you know what I mean? So, yeah. These are questions I think about a lot too. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to move and adventure and you know but I also don't think it's necessarily a good thing either (laughs) and I think we have to hold that in a lot of tension and I you know I am I am far from my family I am you know um and and my parents they moved they grew up in South Dakota and they moved to Colorado when they were in their 20s away from their family and so you know I grew up far away from my grandparents as well and um you know, I think about, I left, I grew up in a very small agricultural town in Colorado. So like that idea of the soil, the farming, the, right. the, the, the seasons, like harvest is such a big time where I grew yeah. up. Like those are things I really knew about, even though my family wasn't, they were not farmers, but I still was just, that's everyone around me and all the kids I knew worked farms or lived on farms. And so, you know, I, I I knew it was calving season because kids were out of school for that. I knew when it was harvest. I I knew what the soil felt like and what mm. like the air felt like and yeah. And it's you know I knew where to look to see like the deer, or the coyotes, or all these things that mm. now I can in New York. I'm like I don't. It's just a totally I can go hiking and it's like I don't know where to right. look and I don't know what this tree is and it's crazy to me how there's moss everywhere and it's so moist and it's like yeah. like it's all beautiful and it's fun to learn about, but I'd never feel the way that that feeling of home. That's like when I go back to rural Colorado where I don't really want to live anymore, but I still feel 
Yeah. Uh, this is this is the space that my heart knows the best. Yes. No, I totally feel that. Um, when I land in Miami, I literally will get off the plane and it's like a wet blanket of heat. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> like, yes, I'm home. But no, I, you know, actually what you were saying reminded me, I'm reading Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Mm-hmm. And she has this beautiful part in her book where she talks about how you know, naming is such a huge part of what it means to be human, right? And mm. she and she even kind of talks about um, creation stories. And, you know, she doesn't talk about the Christian creation story, but it's sort of, you know, obviously there's so many overlap to the indigenous creation story that she's talking about. But how in in her creation story, the, this, the first person was told to name everything. You know, of course, we think about right. Adam and Eve and how they were, you know, God commanded them to name things and how that's like a... I mean that that's intimate, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. when you know someone's name and you're able to really connect with them and you know, not knowing a name um feels very distant, feels very disconnected. And so yeah, so just naming and knowing names and and being named and being called by your name is so um is is just so special and so necessary, right, mm-hmm. to be human. And so she kind of ties that to like how we for the most part, many in our culture and in our world we don't know the names of the plants and mm-hmm. the, the bugs and the whatever, you know, the animals that are living in our own backyards. And mm-hmm. I remember when I read that, I was like, oh, I want to, I don't even know the tree, the name of the tree, this huge mm-hmm. tree that's in my backyard that I absolutely adore because it provides so much shade because Nashville is so hot, you know, <laughs> and I love this tree. And it's like, I felt so like, I don't know its name, you know, like I need to learn this tree's name. And there's just something so intimate about that. Um, And so I love that that was, you know, that you mentioned that, that that's so big that you know all the names of all the things growing up. And so, of course, when you go back home, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is familiar. It is. Yeah. Um, I do have an app for that now. <laughs> oh, share it with me. <laughs> it's called, the, it's called Seek, S-E-E-K. And it's like, okay. it's an, it's an app where you open it and it's got like a camera and you can like point it at a tree or a plant Yay. or a bug or anything. And it'll tell you what it is, which is great. <laughs> I feel like I've heard of this, but I hadn't. Yeah, it's perfect. I use Thank it a lot. You. Cause I, yeah. that's one of the things that I've sort of actually a couple of like, I guess it was like last summer I was because of the pandemic, like I was trying to get out of New York city pretty like every weekend to go on hikes and different things. And so it was the first time I'd really explored like the broader upstate New York in a, in a more significant way. Cause I just wasn't going anywhere else. And that was one of my feelings when I was doing that was like, I don't know this landscape at all. Like I don't recognize the trees. I don't, you know, and so that's when I like got that app and I'm like, I'm going to start learning some of these things. Yeah, but there are I love so it. many trees here that I never <laughs> remember. But, I love that so much. All right. Well, I have a few questions for you about moving from LA and an intentional community to Nashville and how you're thinking about being intentional there. But we are going to come back to that in a minute after we give a shout out to our patrons. Religion News Service is an independent, award-winning source of global reporting on religion, spirituality, culture, and ethics. For the best in global religion reporting, religionnews.com. And if you like what we're doing at Saved by the City, let us know. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Send an email to sbtcpodcast at religionnews.com or follow along on Twitter at hashtag Saved by the City. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch 
This week on The State of Belief. I felt like if anyone was going to be speaking up, it was going to have to be somebody like me. Faithful conversations around sexual orientation and gender identity in Texas with Auburn Peterson of Another Story. Also, getting ready for the 2024 vote with Adam Friedman, organizing an election strategist at Interfaith Alliance. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. While we're talking about being embodied in these things, I would love to hear a little bit more about your book, which just launched. So you're, yeah. you birthed a book into the world and now you're going to birth the baby. So big year. <laughs> so tell us <laughs> yeah. a little bit about, about Abuelita Faith. Yeah, I say I, I just birthed my first literary child and then I'll birth my biological mm-hmm. child. Awaita Faith just kind of wrestles with this idea that, you know, some of the greatest theologians the world will ever know are those whom the world wouldn't consider theologians at all. And so I argue that people that we overlook, we have the most to learn about God and about spirituality and about the divine from people who are trying to survive, right? Um, People who are literally walking the streets or who are literally eating from the the fruit that comes Mm. from the ground. And also looking at women, particularly, that the world overlooks as genuine sources of theology. I think that we you know, in our society, like to look to the quote unquote experts and the the most charismatic and the most quote unquote formally educated. Um, But, you know, in my journey of seminary and in my journey of formal theological education, I realized that so much of it was theoretical and so much of it was heady and none of it touched, Mm -hmm. you know, reality Mm. or genuinely lived experiences. Um, And so a big part of that is is place, is localizing yourself, is sticking your hands on the ground, um, is getting to know the people who have struggled and survived, right, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in your area, in your neighborhood, because I think that that's where we can learn the most about the divine. Yeah, I recently, just a couple weeks ago, went to the um, Tenement Museum in New York for the first time, which is... Um, you know, it's this part of, um, it's this, it's on the Lower East Side in New York and it's, um, a museum that, um, of old tenement build buildings where tons of immigrants have lived over mm. the history of New York City. Um, so there's all of these stories of, and, and a big part of what the museum does is really like, um, they, take you through a person's story based on like census data mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And so you can do all these different tours of people's stories, but um, you know, they'll, they have stories of Irish immigrants of Eastern European immigrants of, you know, uh, during the Holocaust, like so many of these people who have, who ultimately made New York and built New York yeah. um, over history. And it was such a, it was the first time I'd been and I, and it was such an interesting, like, way to, as you said, to l- not only localize my story in a, in a place, but in a timeline, too, of, like, this yeah. is, New York has been built by all of these people who have moved here from so many right. places in the world and in the U.S. And um, just to kind of know the history of, of our city that way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's another, you know, if if learning the trees is one part of a commitment to right. New York, like learning the history of these different parts of the city and the people who have been here is maybe that's my next year's commitment. Yeah, no, that's huge. Um, I think that it's 
And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier of just this idea of being intentional when you get somewhere um, and not just like going on, you know, Mm -hmm. just living your life, but yeah, really understanding like what's the soil that I'm standing on? Like what was the, what were the struggles here um, before I got here? You know, who survived here and who, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that that's so important. And yeah, you just kind of sparked my my imagination to look for things like that here and get to know, you know, just more history. I, you know, when I lived in New Orleans, that was huge. I mean, yeah. New Orleans is such a historical city, obviously. But I remember, you know, leaving New Orleans and realizing like, man, you know, because I was in a very conservative Christian space at that time. Mm. And I just remember thinking, you know, so much of the conversation was about the spiritual, the voodoo and the Mm -hmm. demonic, all Mm -hmm. this, you know? Right. And I just remember like, that's what so many people were like obsessed with. And I'm just like, but we didn't talk about the demons of slavery and the demons of Um, white supremacy that live in this dirt, you know? And we're just talking about voodoo, like, come on, you know? And so I literally like my, my husband and I, you know, we spent time just really understanding, um, how, just slavery, you know, played, I mean, literally was the backbone of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And and here, you know, people are just like drinking on Bourbon Street and, you know, blaming voodoo for all the whatever, you know, but um, yeah. And I think that that's just, that changes how you interact in a city. It does. Right? Once or it you should. Know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, in the vein of meeting your new neighbors, um, I know you live in East Nashville and one of my best friends also lives in East Nashville. So I figured we'd have a little meet cute right now and you'd get to know one of your neighbors. So So (laughs) welcome to the podcast, Tyler Huckabee. Hey. Hi. So nice to meet a new neighbor. <laughs> nice, to, nice to meet you too, Kat. Well, how how are we neighbors? Neighbors? Or are we like? I think so. I'm in East general. Nashville. Yeah, yeah, we're neighbors. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Roxy. Tyler and I have been friends for almost ten years. Yeah, yeah. How did you guys meet? In Orlando. Okay. <laughs> in that group. <laughs> yeah, and you've been in Nashville for eight years now. Sure, something like that. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say eight years. In terms of Nashville, I've been here for a while, even though it's not actually that long of a time. But I came in with like a wave. Like there was like multiple waves of like like transplants mm-hmm. here. And so I was part of the I was I was too late to be one of the like old Nashville people who are like yeah. like like, oh, you guys don't know. You guys don't have no idea what it was like to be in Nashville back in the day because I don't. I, I don't have that. But I have been here for a little while. What are the wave of Christian hipsters? <laughs> it's sort of the, the Tyler Huckabee <laughs> If you, have, if you have any hot tips about where's next, let me know. I want to try to, I want to, try to be first this time. I want to be an early adopter instead of like come with the crowd. Well, we brought you on to be an expert Nashvilleian. Is that what you call yourselves? Nashvilleites? I have no idea. So I'm learning. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just going to have Kat kind of drill you a little bit on... Uh, What's what in Nashville? What she should know? No, this is um, super exciting. So actually talking about Christian hipsters, I am super interested in this topic. Um, So, okay, my first like week here, so I'm pregnant and my first week here, I was like dealing with debilitating back pain. So I was like, I need to find a chiropractor. So 
I just found like the first one that could take me and, you know, whatever. So I drove out to Hendersonville. Okay. And I get there and I walk through the door and they are blasting Christian music. And I'm like, what is this? Mm. And then I go and I meet with like the Mm. person at the front desk and then, you know, several people and everyone's like, we're going to make your back like like God intended it. And I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? Mind oh, you, no. <laughs> like I'm fresh from LA. And so that is just not something that you hear in LA. Um, so I, and I was like kind of angry to be honest with you. Like, I'm like, they don't know what I believe, you know, and I'm a Christian. So, so I just kind of got home and I just couldn't stop talking about that for like a week. And I'm just like, I am in the Bible belt. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, so yeah, it's been very jar. It was very jarring for me. I think I'm just kind of used to it now and living in East Nashville, I think is a little different. Like not everyone's like, I don't feel that super Christian-y vibe. Um, yeah. But yeah, what's been your experience, you know, just um, living in the, I mean, I don't know where you come from. So if you want to, I don't know, just let me know where you come from. But yeah, just your experience with that. Well, the chiropractic thing would have thrown me a little bit too. I don't know. I've never been to one, but that sounds like a, that that's like full, you really got the full experience yeah, like, there. And that would be, I don't know. I wouldn't want to mix my faith and my right. chiropractory. Don't, don't, like, don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like two things that can be separate. So I do not have any, I don't know any like godless secular chiropractors, <laughs> I'm afraid. I can't point you in the right direction there. Um, but, I, but I have friends who, who say it's been, who've had good experience with them. So I can try and help you out when we like meet face to face and we could like chop it up a little right. bit. I do feel like Nashville think- has that, like, there's like the, the Christian Christian vibe, like the old school Bible belt. And then there's like the evangelical hipsters figuring out their way. And then there's like the ex-evangelical crowd. And I think East Nashville is, is very ex-evangelical in its, in its temperament. I think that most of the community in East Nashville has a lot of familiarity with Christianity, but doesn't feel a lot of affection for it. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the odd one out. I don't like, consider myself an evangelical anymore, but I'm not, I don't have a lot of ill will, right. generally speaking, towards the institution. But I kind of keep that to myself yeah. because a lot of people do. It's like, that's like not a popular take around here. So I've met uh, quite a few people who are also transplants. So I feel like I'm in like a wave of California transplants. Like there's so many people uh-huh. that just moved here from Cali. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, like I'll call, like we'll literally, we called like our, I don't know, one of the services, you know, to come Wi-Fi or I don't know what. And they're like, you're our 10th person this week from, you know, California. And we're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of us. Why do you think that is? Uh, Probably because a lot of people, I mean, what happened with us, a lot of people can work from home now and Mm -hmm. they just, you know, they're like, well, why live here and pay? I'm literally paying less in my mortgage than I was in my rent, you know? So People were like, let's just go to Nashville. It's a cool city, I guess. I don't know. Your waves made it cool, Tyler. <laughs> it's cooler now. The cat's here. I know that. It's like, it's, well, thank you. It's a little more all the time. <laughs> but actually, I had another question just uh, about, you know, the sort of creative nature of this city. Um, I Obviously, it's a creative city because you have a lot of artists, a lot of, um, you know, it's a music city. Um, but, but yeah, also like just living here, how, what has been your experience or how have you experienced just other sort of creative? Cause to be honest, I'm not a huge music person. That's really weird. Like I don't listen to music very often. Um, especially not country music. I'm not into country music. 
Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I but I have noticed there's a lot of like little niche communities here. Like there's like I found like a cat community. <laughs> like I love cats, and I found like a you know like a very holistic yoga mom pregnancy community, and like just little you know creative little outlets and. Uh-huh. I do notice that there's a lot of creativity here. So yeah, what's how you know how have you experienced that being here? Yeah, I think that in my in my own personal experience, I don't think that I think the music thing started it. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's music city and music, especially country music, will always be very core to the Nashville identity. Right. But that rising tide has lifted a lot of different boats yeah. around the city and and the visual arts. I know there's people kind of trying to make film here happen, and I don't think it's it's really there yet. But but not for lack of effort on a lot of very talented filmmakers' parts. And you can find people doing all kinds of music. There was a kind of a wave the wave that came with me were uh like you had like the the black keys came mm-hmm. here from akron ohio and jack white moved here from detroit so that brought like kind of a like a rock and roll energy for a little bit and now it feels a little bit like i guess we'll see what happens next post pandemic because yeah. it seems like i could shift big time when things really open back up but then if you go downtown you see there's still a lot of i don't know like very much country music for the people with like the Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk down there, or, or <laughs> yeah. the 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 big and rich All Lives Matter blues bar. It's it's still very oh it's very like um, wow. It's that kind of country. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it right. without being mm-hmm. mean, but it's that kind of country. Mm-hmm. And so that's I don't go downtown. I would not encourage it, anybody else to go downtown. This doesn't look safe or sane. You or get run like, over by bridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that that is what that level of creativity has sort of, it's been like commercialized to the point where it's barely creativity mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And I don't say that to disparage the talents who are down there. Cause there are, I think a lot of good musicians who will go play those bars and, and they, they're trying to make it just like everybody else's. And a lot of them are really talented, but it gets sort of flattened in that environment into something that's not particularly all that special, but you can still find around here in East Nashville and, and a lot of other cool venues uh, like signs of that sort of creativity that I think have blossomed into, to use the word you use, niche, <laughs> in in really cool and interesting ways that don't necessarily make the same kind of money that the country right. music scene does, but definitely are um, are probably going to be more interesting to a to to a California person for sure. Yeah, no, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's funny talking about downtown. I so obviously, you know, I'm we're pretty close to downtown here in East. Um and I uh-huh. <laughs> like I've experienced so many situations where I'm just like driving to like the grocery store. I, I go to the turnip truck here in East and I'm like driving to the grocery store and then like I pull up next to like a gaggle of drunk women, you know, just like Oh uh, yeah, they they're invading like the East side. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. they, they, you need to see them over here. Really? Wow. Now yeah. Now, now it's like, it's start, it's starting. You can tell. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's a nicer word than cancer? <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. But it's so funny. Cause I'm just like, it's a Wednesday. I'm just trying to get my groceries and I'm like trying not to look to my right to make eye contact. with. <laughs> I know. One of my experiences in Nashville, Tyler is basically like everywhere I go, seeing somebody that I know and I don't even live there. Sure. Is that claustrophobic <laughs> or do you like that? I like it. Usually it can be 
maybe sometimes sort of irritating because you find out you, you does, it does teach you a lot about like who your friends are. And mm. there's, there's a, that very common experience that I think everybody is pretty familiar with where you find out that all your friends were hanging out, but you didn't get the call <laughs> or something like that. And then you run into them out and they're like, Oh, we were just about to call you like that sort of thing. Like it's very easy for that to happen in Nashville. <laughs> A lot. I, I think maybe it's maybe it's literally just me and people don't call me to hang. And when you moved here, did you move like did you know people when you got here or did you just start meeting people when you did? No, not really. For a long time, I was just like Liz's boyfriend when I moved here. And that takes a little bit of time, especially if you're like working from home. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of it's it's hard to know how to go to to meet people. So it took I'm sure you'll make friends faster than I did. Uh, but it probably took me a solid year to sort of, but that would, it would take a year kind of anywhere mm-hmm, to, right. to find your own that. identity and your, your spot. Well, I would love for you two to meet in real life. Um, cause you, you really are probably like walkable distance from each other. So, and Liz is yeah, awesome. So you guys oh, should definitely yeah. get together. She is. She very is. Well, you're, you're, we, we also shop at turnip trucks. So we can't be that far. Maybe we'll see each other there at some <laughs> yeah. point. That'll be a real meet cute for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I, 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 I could spot you from across the way, mask or no mask. <laughs> and then, yeah, we can show She works. So she works at Lou. Have you heard of Lou? Oh, um, I've heard of it, but I haven't been. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's well, you, well, you gotta get, you gotta, you, you gotta have the baby and then you gotta go to, to Lou. You'll have a great, I feel, I feel like it would be the owners are from California and they, awesome. they're trying to do this LA meets France situation. Right. It's a, it's a wine bar. It's very, very good. And, and I am always there. So you'll, de- you'll definitely see me when you go in, but that would be a great, yeah. if you're looking for a spot, that's, that's where to do it. And I feel like it would be, it would, it would be your vibe. It'd feel like a little bit of home. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I'll make sure you two get each other's numbers so you can connect in real life. But I just wanted to thank both of you so much for being on here. And Kat, if you could just let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, where they can get your new book, all that stuff, let them know. Yeah, so you can find, I have a, a link on my website, katarmis.com and if you're not an Amazon um, enthusiast, then there are other links to, to purchase the book there. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cat underscore Armis. And Tyler as well. Tell us where we can find you and your podcast about superheroes and comic books. Uh, so I am Tyler Huckabee. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Huckabee. Uh, I have a podcast called Cape Town Podcast. And that's where we discuss comic books and superheroes, uh, giving you the backstory of the characters who make it into movies, uh, sort of the what what uh, cultural events went into the creation of those characters in the first place off the script. Uh, you can check us out at Cape Town Pod and find us wherever you cast your pods. Cape Town Podcast. Well, thank you both so much. And thank you for giving us a glimpse into Nashville. Can't wait to hang out, Kat. Yeah, same. <laughs> Saved by the City is a religion news service production. The producer is Jay Woodward, and the consulting editor is Paul O'Donnell. We get production assistance from Elizabeth Joy Windham. Kat Armas is our amazing co-host and Nashville ambassador. Check out her book, Abouli to Faith. Chaz Russo put together our look, and Martin Fowler wrote our theme music. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Kat Armas. And Roxy Stone. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> Perfect.